The Miami Hurricanes are back in the win column, 35 to 14 over Georgia Tech. Now, what did we learn? You are locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this Victory Monday, I'm Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We are available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. This episode of Locked on Canes is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between your Miami Hurricanes and the Clemson Tigers right here on Sling. Sling, the TV you love for a price you'll love. Try it today. So, guys, I've had another 24 hours to gather my thoughts after everything we saw, uh, Miami at Georgia Tech. And for once, you know, I rewatch every game. Most of the rewatches this year have been far from enjoyable. This one was actually a pretty enjoyable rewatch because as we talked about on our Sunday review episode, this was a pretty complete performance from start to finish. This was the most complete performance Miami has put in by far. So I'm going to give you the six things that we learned and that I learned about our Miami Hurricanes after that 35-14 to win over the Yellow Jackets in Atlanta. And number one, and guys, this was an enjoyable thing about the watch and the rewatch. Number one thing I learned, for once, this team didn't beat themselves or try to beat themselves. Because even in previous victories, Miami has tried so hard to self-sabotage, right? You remember the 17 penalties in that win against Virginia Tech, right? Miami didn't self-sabotage them this past Saturday. We used to have that locked-on Canes bingo card, right, where everything was, how are we going to shoot ourselves in the foot today? Some weeks it was penalties, bingo. Other weeks it was interceptions. Other weeks, fumbles. Other weeks, long passing plays given up, rinse and repeat, self-inflicted wounds, And then in the past, when Miami committed these self-inflicted wounds, it didn't matter how bad the opponent was or how good the opponent was. Miami would still find ways to beat themselves, but not this time. They played a relatively clean game in all phases and didn't turn the ball over even once. The only wart there was the 99-yard touchdown drive that they gave up, and that was after a splendid job by Lou Headley and the special teams unit to pin Georgia Tech at the one. But... Give Miami a pass because they won the game comfortably and self-inflicted wounds were kept to a minimum. And I love that. Number two, some of you probably thought I would have let off with this one, but, you know, I didn't. But here we are. Number two, Miami has some really promising true freshmen. Jakari Brown, he is developing, right? People will often ask me, is anyone getting better under these coaches. I'm asked that question every week. I've seen the improvement in Jakari Brown from spring football into fall camp when he really just couldn't reliably throw the football. Now to this point, and Jakari, he still has a lot of work to do as a passer, but folks, he has improved so much. Uh, I watched his TV interview after the game, and I listened to his radio interview uh, on WQAM, and he's got so much maturity, but also so much swag. I am really rooting for Jakari Brown to be great, and he is getting better and more confident and more comfortable before our very eyes. Uh, I was listening to Mario Cristobal this morning, Monday morning on the Joe Rose Show, 
And Cristobal was talking about the decision-making process that he had to make to decide if it was going to be, you know, Jakari or Jake starting. Tyler ended up being ruled out due to injury. And, you know, Cristobal laid it out that, you know, with Miami being down four offensive linemen, Jakari Brown's mobility helps him protect himself from sacks and big hits. And then also Jakari's ball security against a Georgia Tech team that forces a lot of turnovers. Because I think that's something we haven't given Brown enough credit for in, you know, the limited work he's had in other games this year is, you know, not only does he run very well and very instinctively, and he runs very hard because he's always fighting for extra yards. He also does a really nice job protecting the football. Uh, and on the flip side of that, Cristobal didn't outright say it, but I'll say it. Jake Garcia has been a turnover machine this year. Jakari Brown hasn't been. So I'm sure that had a big to do, a big deal to do with the decision being made. Uh, Cristobal also praised Jakari Brown's poise. It's something that they've seen, he said, since the Virginia Tech game. You know, road game, tough atmosphere, and that this guy is not affected by the noise. Now, you know, and I'm sure those of you who made the trip to Atlanta, and some of you, we have a lot of Canes fans who are local, who live in Atlanta, who went out to the game. You guys can verify this, because I'm watching the game on television, and I'm working the radio broadcast. Sounded like and looked like a very Kane-friendly crowd. It's almost like we have more fans on the road at some of these games than we have at home. And you know what's crazy? Part of this is just the quality of opponents that Miami's faced on the road versus at home. But you guys realize this. Miami, in the in, in ACC play this year, 3-0 and on the road, 0-3 at home. <laughs> Maybe TVD wasn't wrong when he talked about preferring to play on the Apparently, the whole team prefers to play on the road. It's not just Tyler Van Dyke. But I know, listen, at home, they've had Florida State, um, North Carolina, and Duke. And on the road, they've had the two Virginia teams who are awful. And, you know, Georgia Tech, who's better than the Virginia teams because they've beaten them. But, you know, not, not going to pretend that Georgia Tech is some world beater but yeah Miami for what it's worth 3 and 0 in road ACC games this year 0 and 3 in home ACC games this year and Jakari Brown I was so impressed and you know when it comes to his passing ability you could see with him arm strength not a problem this dude has a cannon on his shoulder the arm strength is not a problem it's the touch Okay, and that's something that I've already seen him develop that since spring until now, and I'm sure he's going to continue to develop that because I do believe that at some point, Jakari Brown can, I'm not guaranteeing it because there are no guarantees in life, but I do think at some point in the future, Jakari Brown can be a starting quarterback at the University of Miami. Um, he's already got the running game down. He's already got the poise down. He just needs to develop a little bit more touch on his throws because he only tried to throw for over 20 yards twice in the game and both of those were overthrows but he was very good with the short stuff and the intermediate stuff although he did uh, he did overcook a bubble screen that just he threw it way too hard so he's he's got to learn to take a little bit of mustard off of that football sometimes but he's coming along very nicely and then speaking of of other true freshmen oh I can't say enough nice things about Wes Besaint he's another great one the linebacker he graded out top five on Miami's defense per pro football focus. And through 10 games this year, he has the second highest PFF grade of any freshman linebacker in the country. He's only behind LSU's Harold Perkins. And on Besaint, 
Mario Cristobal confirmed this morning, by the way, because I didn't know if this was really a thing or if it was a temporary thing. This is great news for the young guy. Mario Cristobal confirmed Besaint is officially a starter now. He did start the game against Georgia Tech. He is officially a starter. So Wes is holding down a starting spot for the rest of the year, and I'm sure into next year as well. That is awesome news. Other freshmen, uh, I've loved what I've seen all along. He's still a little bit raw, but the guy's a monster. <laughs> Inez Cooper, big Inez Cooper. Uh, what is he, six foot six on that offensive line? Showing a lot of promise and a lot of good stuff, especially in run blocking. Nigelie Kelly on the D-line, he's shown, he's shown us he can play. Cooper has shown us he can play. And, you know, in the future, watch out for Cyrus Moss at edge rusher because once he adds some weight onto his frame, he's going to be a great one. And I'm going to throw some love to Jaleel Skinner as well. He's Brown's roommate. So I'm sure I'm sure they're going to talk about that on, on all the TV broadcasts now, the same way everyone loved the whole Tyler Van Dyke, Xavier Restrepo thing. Uh, so for Jakari Brown, his roommate is Jaleel Skinner, the true freshman tight end. He's showing a lot of good stuff this season. Uh, and Skinner and Brown connected on a, a touchdown pass against Georgia Tech. So uh, we're going to talk about Cam Kinchins. Uh, I'm going to give some credit to the offensive coordinator, and I'm going to give some credit to just the emotional state of this team right now. So we have a lot more to come, folks. I also have a couple of recruiting notes and a couple of injury notes, right? Because there's a handful of canes, in including QB1, who we're wondering, what's the status going to be? Tyler Van Dyke, what's the status going to be for the rest of the year? Leonard Taylor left the game injured on Saturday. What's his status going to be? We have that and so much more coming up on this episode of Locked on Canes. Guys, I have been using the Upside app for the last two years. If you haven't got on board with this, you're just missing out on free money. I use Upside every time I get gas, buy groceries, eat out at restaurants, and I'm making cash back. Inflation has had us all thinking about different ways to cut back. You might be driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store. We can agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. Because with Upside, which is free, by the way, I don't have to cut back. I'm getting cash back on every purchase. To get started, you download the free Upside app. Use my, my promo code LOCKED, and they're going to give you $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. So a great welcome bonus for you. Uh, and when you're using Upside, guys, it's so easy. It's not too good to be true. It's just that good. You claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Then you check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and then you get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's five or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Guys, we're part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And there are so many awesome shows across this network. So first two things that I learned watching Miami beat Georgia Tech, no serious self-inflicted wounds. We didn't beat ourselves, which was great. True freshmen, including Jakari Brown and Wes Besaint, showing a lot of promise. Number three, 
Oh, man, this is clear as day now. Do you remember preseason when we were all debating? Who's going to be Miami's best safety this year? Is it going to be James Williams, Avante Williams, or Cam Kinchins? <laughs> Safe to say that question has been answered. Cam freaking Kinchins is an absolute stud, and he's playing with so much consistency, okay? Now, his biggest game by far, career game, was that three-interception performance the other day against Georgia Tech, and I loved how the third one, 99 yards to the freaking house. Three interceptions against Georgia Tech. He now leads the nation with six INTs on the year. On the season, Kinchins uh, is rated 90.1 in coverage, which is fourth among all safeties in the entire country. So he is literally one of the very best in the country. And, and I loved it. I, I don't have the tweet in front of me, so I'm going to paraphrase here. But Alonso Highsmith, former Canes great, who is Miami Hurricanes GM of football operations, sent a really nice tweet to Cam. He tagged Kinchins in this and said, hey, I've been scouting safeties professionally for the last 24 years, and I don't think I've ever seen someone have three interceptions and a 99-yard touchdown in the same game all the years he's been scouting safety so you gotta love it man one of the big boss men front office guys throwing out praise like that to one of Miami's best players it was a beautiful thing it was a beautiful performance and listen uh, you know when I talk about Kinchins by far being the best safety I'm not trying to drag the other guys but it is what it is Kinchins has been far better than the other two and we thought you know a lot of us thought James would be the best in that group he's just been too inconsistent Cam has been an absolute stud this year, and I give him so much credit for the game he had against Georgia Tech. Fourth thing that we learned, Josh Gaddis, he did all right. The offensive coordinator who gets a lot of criticism, he did all right against Georgia Tech. We've got to give him credit because I thought, was, was it a perfect game? No, right? But, you know, honestly, you watch every offensive coordinator in the country. Very rarely do you say, he called a perfect game. There was nothing flawed about the play calling there. Uh, but Gaddis did very, very well. I thought he came in with the right approach for his for this opponent, right? Because, you know, some people have said to me, because uh, with, you know, there was a lot of short passes, obviously, very run game focused attack. And people have said to me, fine, Dono, he did okay against Georgia Tech, but that's not going to work against Clemson. That was not the Clemson game plan. Well, and, and I'm not expecting Miami to, to do great against Clemson. It's a really, really tough game. But don't criticize the Georgia Tech game plan for working because you don't think the same game plan would work against Clemson. Every game is different, right? That wasn't the that wasn't the Clemson game plan. That was the Georgia Tech game plan. I think that was a perfect game plan to attack that opponent. Uh, especially when you're starting a true freshman quarterback. I thought he handled that the right way. A lot of easy throws, especially early on, to get Brown in rhythm. Uh, and then I thought the touchdown pass to Will Mallory was a nice changeup. And I do think that, you know, and again, I, I don't know for sure how long Josh Gaddis will be here, if this is going to be a couple more years or, you know, not any longer. I don't know. I don't know how much longer Gaddis is going to be here, but I will tell you, I certainly think, a mobile quarterback with these traits and strong ball security is a better fit for a Gaddis offense than a less mobile quarterback. And also when we're talking about the offensive game plan, and I give so much credit to this guy as well, because it wasn't just Jakari Brown who was moving things on offense. The rooster 
had a fantastic game. 118 yards for Jalen Knighton. His best game since facing Georgia Tech last year. I love a good redemption story, and I think Rooster might be right in his right now. And and the other thing that I loved, because over the last few weeks, like he's he's had so many issues this year, I think just staying healthy, holding on to the football. He's been having ball security problems of his own. You know, there's been a lot of speculation. We'll see what happens, you know, after the season, but a lot of speculation that Rooster might want to hit the portal. I heard him interviewed by Don Bailey Jr. after the game, and he certainly didn't sound like someone who wants to leave. He sounds like someone I think who wants to succeed at Miami. So I hope that's the case because Knighton, Knighton didn't sound like somebody who's like looking for his next opportunity. I think he wants this to be the opportunity and he played an incredible game. And again, no turnovers by Miami. And that includes Knighton holding on to the football, no fumbles this week and 118 yards and a touchdown on 7.4 yards per carry. That was a great, great performance. Number five, five, fifth thing that I learned, this team still cares, right? I mean, it, it's it's different. Obviously, Miami has underachieved this year, no question about it. But at this point in the season, it's different watching Miami play than watching Texas A&M play because they don't care anymore. This team still cares, right? Bouncing back from a thrashing against Florida State, that's not easy for a team that only had four wins at that time. And I honestly, I had serious doubts or at least concerns that Miami would look motivated on Saturday against Georgia Tech. These guys still have belief in themselves, in each other, and for the most part, they're coaches. Now, obviously, when you see certain players whose parents have been complaining on Twitter about some coaches, like Jamila Dye was just complained about, Gaddis has been complained about, you obviously get the feeling if the parents are complaining, then their children are probably not happy. But honestly... I think that says more about the players than it does about the coach that they're complaining about. Because the fact that in 2022, we have parents mouthing off on social media, you're not doing anybody any good. Parents, if you're going to be complaining about coaches on social media, you think you're making it better for your son who plays for that team. You're not making it better. It can only be worse. Okay, so that's just not a good look. All right. Uh, here's what Mario Cristobal said about the team bouncing back when he was on with Joe Rose this morning. Quote, I think everybody is proud of our team for bouncing back the way they did and just being resilient, showing up to work and putting together a really good game, almost a complete game, he said. We have some, we got some performances by a ton of guys. Obviously, Jakari got to start and did a lot of good things. Jalen Knighton ran really, really hard. Credit to the offensive line, he said, and I second that. Because the offensive line put in a really solid performance when you get over 200 team rushing yards and you get your quarterback, uh, you keep your quarterback's jersey pretty clean. He only got sacked once. That was a job well done by a banged up offensive line. Uh, and Cristobal finished, he says, and really the coaching staff put together a game plan that allowed us to be successful and we executed very well. So the the sixth and final thing that I learned and this actually has nothing to do with the Georgia Tech game, but I just wanted to share it anyway. <laughs> There's reports going around, and I think and I hope that these reports are true, that Don Chaney is back. You know, he told a reporter yesterday that he expects to dress for the Clemson game. Oh, I can't wait to see Chaney back in that backfield. I'm sorry that it took this long for him to recover. You know, obviously every injury and every every person is different. Uh, I'm sorry it took this long for him to recover, but it's still a blessing. 
because when healthy, Don Chaney is arguably Miami's most complete running back. So I cannot wait to see him get back into that backfield. Guys, when we come back, got injury updates this morning from Mario Cristobal. Status of Tyler Van Dyke, status of Leonard Taylor, status of Henry Parrish. Uh, the opening betting lines don't look very good for Miami against Clemson. And some recruiting notes on Damari Brown and on Samson Okunlola. Will they be Canes? And if so, when? When will they be making their announcements? We will talk about that and more after we talk about this week's thrilling moment in college football, which is presented by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup from Nissan are intended to empower drivers and vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be... And yes, we're going to paint the picture here again. Our guy, Cam Kinchins, fourth quarter against Georgia Tech. Miami had the 28-7 lead, but Georgia Tech was trying to make a game of it. They were driving in the red zone at the Miami 12, trying to pull within two touchdowns with over two and a half minutes on the clock. And that's when Cam Kinchins, who already had two interceptions on the day, picks off Zach Gibson at the one-yard line. Finds nothing but green grass and speed in his path. Takes it 99 yards to the house for the game ceiling defensive touchdown. That was a beautiful moment and one Cam will remember for the rest of his life and Hurricanes fans will remember for a really long time. This segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new lineup of vehicles. Pursue what thrills you in the all-new Frontier. Armada or Pathfinder today available now at NissanUSA.com. Folks, thank you for making Locked On Canes your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, plus instant reactions, big game recaps, and the take of the day. Available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so injury notes. Mario Cristobal was asked by Joe Rose this morning. Uh, about the injuries uh Tyler Van Dyke we'll start with him because Joe basically framed the question like hey so we're we're not going to see TVD again this year right and Cristobal basically gave him the the Lee Corso not so fast my friend uh he said we're close getting there getting better and better he wants to play and is working his butt off to try and get there day to day we'll see that's interesting uh, he was asked about Leonard Taylor, who left the game injured last week, and Henry Parrish, who missed the game injured. He said, not sure on those two. Evaluating day-to-day, he said, I think they're going to be okay. I do. And for Cristobal, that's usually code for they could very well be back this week. Because, like, we're kind of learning the Cristobal lingo this year. If he talks about something being, like, significant, because he'll use that word, a significant injury, or if he'll be like, you know, uh, we're taking it slow because he said that about Zion Nelson like a month ago. We're taking it slow. That usually means don't expect them back anytime soon. The TVD thing is really interesting, guys, because, um, you know, I, I threw out actually a Twitter poll. You want to follow the show at Locked on Canes. If you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. And if you tweet us, we might read your tweet on the show. I put out a Twitter poll. Very simple question. Do you think Tyler Van Dyke will start another game this season? Only two games left. 75% of you said no. Only 25% said yes. Let me read some of the replies. Nick writes to us. 
There's no reason to throw him out there for meaningless games so that he can re-injure his throwing shoulder with no contact. It's absolutely not worth it. Um, Based on what we've seen, I tend to agree, right? The only thing I'll bring up, just to be fair, is I'm not a doctor, nor am I on Miami's medical staff. So you nor I actually know how serious his shoulder is right now. But like you said, Nick, the last time we saw Tyler Van Dyke play or at least try to play, re-injured that shoulder, tweaked it twice, non-contact against Florida State before he ultimately left the game. So that tells me he tried to rush back from that one too quickly, re-aggravated it. Um, You know, he's got a future somewhere, right? Whether his future next year is here in Miami or if he decides to transfer somewhere else, might not be fair to him or in his case, might not be fair to himself to try to go out there and play when he's really not ready to play. But I don't know how serious it truly is because I'm not on the medical staff and they keep that stuff very close to the vest. But I tend to agree. I think at this point where the best you could possibly do is seven and five, uh, I don't think there's any reason to risk re-aggravating TBD's shoulder. Um, QB writes to us, if healthy for the last game and a bowl game is on the line. That's interesting, right? Because you're right about that. Because I think it'd be really tough to expect Tyler to be healthy for Clemson this week. But if he's healthy for Pitt... And, you know, assuming you lose to Clemson, assuming he's healthy for pit game, you want to try to get get the six wins, we can think about that. Uh, William Cornish says, if his shoulder allows him to, but I don't think it will. Nix says, the TVD Garcia era is over. So he's saying no. He's saying Jakari Brown. You know, the interesting question really is, um, if Tyler Van Dyke decides to stick around and not transfer, is it actually better? Because as much as I love Jakari Brown, would it be better for his development and for Miami if Van Dyke were to start for one more year next year and Jakari gets kind of another – and he'd be used situationally. He would get on the field for sure. Uh, if TVD starts one more year at Miami, Jakari can develop for another year. And then when he is a – because uh, I, I guess he's got to burn the red shirt this year. I think that ship is already sailing. So he would be a junior the following year, a true junior, uh, ready to start. W- would that be the best thing competitively for Miami? Because, you you know, I don't, I don't know. You may be able to win more games next year with a healthy Tyler Van Dyke. Or do you guys think that we've seen so much good stuff from Brown? Let's just ride with Brown next year. Uh, if, if Tyler Van Dyke transfers, you won't lose a second of sleep over that. I'd love to know your thoughts. Let us know at Locked on Canes on Twitter, because as strange as it may sound, I think maybe v- TVD for another year, because then you also have more depth in your quarterback room, right? TVD for another year, because I think Jake will transfer. If you have Tyler Van Dyke, Jakari Brown and Emery Williams in your quarterback room next year, I just think more depth and more competition is better. So I think it's better for Miami if Tyler Van Dyke does stay for another season couple recruiting notes. Uh, kudos to Kane Sports for interviewing Selwyn Brown, Damari Brown's father, former Miami Hurricanes player. He spoke to Kane Sport. He said he thinks Damari's coming to the end, quote, coming to the end of it when it comes to recruitment. And he thinks his announcement, his son's announcement, is going to come before signing day. So that could mean this month, right? Signing day's in December. Maybe he'll announce in November. I believe Miami is favored here for the four-star corner out of American Heritage. Most people think Miami's favored for Damari. And, yeah, Miami's considered to be the strong favorite. So 
you know, we all want to get some of that momentum back, right? We got what felt like huge momentum with Cormani McLean, then took a step back with Rashada flipping to Florida. We would love to get a commitment like Damari Brown this month to, you know, just give us some more belief in recruiting. I love and and I do believe. I think I think Miami's going to keep most of their class together. I do believe is another flip impossible? Of course it's not impossible. It can happen, but I think Miami's going to keep the nucleus together and I think they're going to add a couple more commits. And another player, a 2023 five-star we talk a lot about, Samson Okunlola, the offensive tackle. He keeps hinting at an announcement. He tweeted out something yesterday that, like, news coming soon or something like that with Samson. He's been mil- – and I love this dude. It's his moment. You you do it however you want to, Samson. Uh, but he, he's been milking this for a while where he'll, like, he'll tease announcements for announcements – so from what I understand, his next announcement might end up, will probably end up being like his official top three or top five schools and not an actual commitment because uh, he's done some interviews over the last week. And one of those was with my colleague, Luke Cheney from All Hurricanes. And like he told Luke that he expects to announce in December. So he expects to make his announcement on or right around early signing day, first national signing day. So if he does make some kind of an announcement this month, it would probably be a top three or a top five and not an actual commitment. But this is another player that the University of Miami has been trending for and is favored for. And if you can bring in Okunlola in the same class as Francis Maui Goa and a handful of other solid offensive linemen who are verbally committed, this could end up being the best O-line class in University of Miami history. We'll leave you on that note. We will be back uh, tomorrow or maybe even later today, depending on what the coaches say today, on another episode of Locked on Canes, part of the awesome Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.